Section 9 of Grey's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by M. L. Cohen. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4 by Henry Gray. The Hindbrain, Part 2. Gray Substance of the Medulla Oblongata. In addition to the gracile and cuneate nuclei, there are several other nuclei to be considered. Some of these are traceable from the gray substance of a medulla spinalis, while others are unrepresented in it. 1. The hypoglossal nucleus is derived from the base of the anterior column. In the lower closed part of the medulla oblongata, it is situated on the ventrolateral aspect of the central canal, but in the upper part, it approaches the rhomboid fossa, where it lies close to the middle line under an eminence named the trigonum hypoglossi. Numerous fibers connect the two nuclei. Both nuclei send long dendrons across the midline to the opposite nucleus. Commissure fibers also connect them. The nucleus measures about 2 centimeters in length and consists of large multipolar nerve cells similar to those in the anterior column of the spinal cord, whose axons constitute the routes of the hypoglossal nerve. These nerve roots leave the ventral side of the nucleus, pass forward between the white reticular formation and the gray reticular formation, some between the inferior olivary nucleus and the medial accessory olivary nucleus, and emerge from the anterior lateral sulcus. 2. The nucleus ambiguous. The somatic motor nucleus of the glossopharyngeal, vagus, and cranial portion of the accessory nerves is the continuation into the medulla oblongata of the dorsolateral cell group of the anterior column of the spinal cord. Its large, multipolar cells are like those in the anterior column of the cord. They form a slender column in the deep part of the formatio reticularis griseae, about midway between the dorsal accessory olive and the nucleus of the spinal tract of the trigeminal. It extends from the level of the decussation of the median fillet to the upper end of the medulla oblongata. Its fibers first pass backward towards the floor of the fourth ventricle and then curve rather abruptly lateralward and ventrally to join the fibers from the dorsal nucleus. The dorsal nucleus, nucleus allicineria, often called the sensory nucleus or the trigeminal nucleus of the sensory fibers of the glossopharyngeal and vagus nerves, is probably a mixed nucleus and contains not only the terminations of the sympathetic afferent or sensory fibers, and the cells connected with them, but contains also cells which give rise to the sympathetic efferent or preganglionic fibers. These preganglionic fibers terminate in sympathetic ganglia from which the impulses are carried by other neurons. The cells of the dorsal nucleus are spindle-shaped like those of the posterior column of the spinal cord, and the nucleus is usually considered as represented the base of the posterior column. It measures about two centimeters in length, and in the lower, closed part of the medulla oblongata, is situated behind the hypoglossal nucleus, whereas in the upper open part, it lies lateral to that nucleus and corresponds to an eminence named the allicineria, trigonum vagi, in the rhomboid fossa. 4. The nuclei of the cochlear and vestibular nerves are described later. 5. The olivary nuclei are three in number on either side of the midline, that is, the inferior olivary nucleus, and the medial and dorsal accessory olivary nuclei. They consist of small round yellowish cells and numerous fine nerve fibers. A. The inferior olivary nucleus is the largest and is situated within the olive. 
It consists of a gray folded lamina arranged in the form of an incomplete capsule, open medially by an aperture called the hilum. Emerging from the hilum are numerous fibers which collectively constitute the peduncle of the olive. The axons, olivocerebellar fibers, which leave the olivary nucleus pass out through the hilum and decussate with those from the opposite olive in the raffae. Then, as internal arcuate fibers, they pass partly through and partly around the opposite olive and enter the inferior peduncle to be distributed to the cerebellar hemisphere of the opposite side from which they arise. The fibers are smaller than the internal arcuate fibers connected with the medial lemniscus. Fibers passing in the opposite direction from the cerebellum to the olivary nucleus are often described, but their existence is doubtful. Much uncertainty also exists in regard to the connections of the olive and the spinal cord. Important connections between the cerebellum and the olive of the same side exist, but the exact pathway is unknown. Many collaterals from the reticular formation and from the pyramids enter the inferior olivary nucleus. Removal of one cerebellar hemisphere is followed by atrophy of the opposite olivary nucleus. B. The medial accessory olivary nucleus lies between the inferior olivary nucleus and the pyramid and forms a curved lamina, the concavity of which is directed laterally. The fibers of the hypoglossal nerve, as they traverse the medulla, pass between the medial accessory and the inferior olivary nuclei. C. The dorsal accessory olivary nucleus is the smallest and appears on transverse section as the curved lamina behind the inferior olivary nucleus. 6. The nucleus arcuatus is described below with the anterior external arcuate fibers. Inferior peduncle, restiform body. The position of the inferior peduncles has already been described. Each comprises 1. Fibers from the dorsal spinocerebellar fasciculus, which ascends from the lateral funiculus of the medulla spinalis. 2. The olivocerebellar fibers from the opposite olivary nucleus. 3. Internal arcuate fibers from the gracilin cuneate nuclei of the opposite side. These fibers form the deeper and larger part of the inferior peduncle. 4. The anterior external arcuate fibers vary as to the prominence in different cases. In some, they form an almost continuous layer covering the pyramid and olive, while in others they are barely visible on the surface. They arise from the cells of the gracilin cuneate nuclei and passing forward through the formatio reticularis decussate in the middle line. Most of them reach the surface by way of the anterior median fissure and arch backward over the pyramid. Reinforced by others which emerge between the pyramid and olive, they pass backwards over the olive and lateral district of the medulla oblongata and enter the inferior peduncle. Thus, they connect the cerebellum with the gracilin cuneate nuclei of the opposite side. As the fibers arch across the pyramid, they enclose a small nucleus which lies in front of and medial to the pyramid. This is named the nucleus arcuatus and is serially continuous above with the nucleus pontus in the pons. It contains small fusiform cells around which some of the arcuate fibers end and from which others arise. 5. The posterior external arcuate fibers also take origin in the gracilin cuneate nuclei. They pass to the inferior peduncle of the same side. It is uncertain whether fibers are continued directly from the gracilin cuneate fasciculi into the inferior peduncle. 6. Fibers from the terminal sensory nuclei of the cranial nerves, especially the vestibular. Some of the fibers of the vestibular nerve are thought to continue directly into the cerebellum. 7. Fibers from the ventral spinocerebellar fasciculus, 
8. The existence of fibers from the cerebellum, cerebellobulbar, cerebella olivary, and cerebellar spinal, to the medulla and spinal cord is very uncertain. Formatio reticularis. This term is applied to the coarse reticulum which occupies the anterior and lateral districts of the medulla oblongata. It is situated behind the pyramid and olive, extending laterally as far as the inferior peduncles and dorsally to within a short distance of the rhomboid fossa. The reticulum is caused by the intersection of bundles of fibers running at right angles to each other, some being longitudinal, others more or less transverse in direction. The formatio reticularis presents a different appearance in the anterior district from what it does in the lateral. In the former, there is an almost entire absence of nerve cells, and hence this part is known as the reticularis alba, whereas in the lateral district nerve cells are numerous, and as a consequence it presents a gray appearance and is termed the reticularis grisia. In the substance of the formatio reticularis are two small nuclei of gray matter, one, the inferior central nucleus, nucleus of Roller, near the dorsal aspect of the hilus of the inferior olivary nucleus, the other, the nucleus lateralis, between the olive and the spinal tract of the trigeminal nerve. In the reticularis alba, the longitudinal fibers form two well-defined fasciculi, that is, one, the lemniscus, which lies close to the raphe immediately behind the fibers of the pyramid, and two, the medial longitudinal fasciculus which is continued upward from the anterior and lateral proper fasciculi of the medulla spinalis and, in the upper part of the medulla oblongata, lies between the lemniscus and the gray substance of the rhomboid fossa. The longitudinal fibers in the reticularis grisia are derived from the lateral funiculus of the medulla spinalis after the lateral cerebrospinal fasciculus has passed over to the opposite side and the dorsal spinocerebellar fasciculus has entered the inferior peduncle. They form indeterminate fibers, with the exception of a bundle named the fasciculus solitarius, which is made up of descending fibers of the vagus and glossopharyngeal nerves. The transverse fibers of the formatio reticularis are the arcuate fibers already described. The pons. Pons varioli. The pons, or forepart of the hindbrain, is situated in front of the cerebellum. From its superior surface, the cerebral peduncles emerge one on either side of the middle line. Curving around each peduncle, close to the upper surface of the pons, a thin white band, the tinea pontus, is frequently seen. It enters the cerebellum between the middle and superior peduncles. Behind and below, the pons is continuous with the medulla oblongata, but is separated from it in front by a furrow in which the abducent, facial, and acoustic nerves appear. Its ventral or anterior surface, pars basilaris pontus, is very prominent, markedly convex from side to side, less so from above downward. It consists of transverse fibers arched like a bridge across the middle line and gathered on either side into a compact mass which forms the middle peduncle. It rests upon the clivus of the sphenoidal bone and is limited above and below by well-defined borders. In the middle line is the sulcus basilaris for the lodgment of the basilar artery. This sulcus is bounded on either side by an eminence caused by the descent of the cerebrospinal fibers through the substance of the pons. Outside these eminences, near the upper border of the pons, the trigeminal nerves make their exit, each consisting of a smaller medial motor root and a larger lateral sensory root. Vertical lines drawn immediately beyond the trigeminal nerves 
may be taken as the boundaries between the ventral surface of the pons and the middle cerebellar peduncle. Its dorsal or posterior surface, pars dorsalis pontus, triangular in shape, is hidden by the cerebellum and is bounded laterally by the superior peduncle. It forms the upper part of the rhomboid fossa, with which it will be described. Structure Transverse sections of the pons show it to be composed of two parts, which differ in appearance and structure. Thus, the basilar or ventral portion consists for the most part of fibers arranged in transverse and longitudinal bundles, together with a small amount of gray substance while the dorsal tegmental portion is a continuation of the reticular formation of the medulla oblongata, and most of its constituents are continued into the tegmenta of the cerebral peduncles. The basilar part of the pons consists of a. superficial and deep transverse fibers, b. longitudinal fasciculi, and c. some small nuclei of gray substance, termed the nuclei pontus, which give rise to the transverse fibers. The superficial transverse fibers, fibrae pontus superficiales, constitute a rather thick layer on the ventral surface of the pons and are collected into a large rounded bundle on either side of the middle line. This bundle, with the addition of some transverse fibers from the deeper part of the pons, forms the greater part of the brachium pontus. The deep transverse fibers, fibrae pontus profundae, partly intersect and partly lie in the dorsal aspect of the cerebrospinal fibers. They course to the lateral border of the pons and form part of the middle peduncle. A further connections of this brachium will be discussed with the anatomy of the cerebellum. The longitudinal fasciculi, fasciculi longitudinales, are derived from the cerebral peduncles and enter the upper surface of the pons. They stream downward on either side of the middle line in larger or smaller bundles separated from each other by the deep transverse fibers. These longitudinal bundles cause a forward projection of the superficial transverse fibers and thus give rise to the eminences on the anterior surface. Some of these fibers end in or give off collateral to the nuclei pontus. An important pathway is thus formed between the cerebral cortex and the cerebellum the first neuron having its cell body in the cortex and sending its axon through the internal capsule and cerebral peduncle to form synapses either by terminals or collaterals with cell bodies situated in the nuclei pontus. Axons from these cells form the transfer fiber which pass through the middle peduncle into the cerebellum. Others, after decussating, terminate either directly or indirectly in the motor nuclei of the trigeminal, abducent, facial, and hypoglossal nerves, but most of them are carried through the pons and at the lower surface are collected into the pyramids of the medulla. The fibers which end in the motor nuclei of the cranial nerves are derived from the cells of the cerebral cortex and bear the same relation to the motor cells of the cranial nerves that the cerebrospinal fibers bear to the motor cells in the anterior column of the medulla spinalis. Probably none of the collaterals or terminals of the cerebrospinal and cerebrobulbar fibers end directly in the motor nuclei of the spinal and cranial nerves. One or more association neurons are probably interpolated in the pathway. The nuclei pontus are serially continuous with the arcuate nuclei in the medulla and consist of small groups of multipolar nerve cells which are scattered between the bundles of the transverse fibers. The dorsal or tegmental part of the pons is chiefly composed of an upward continuation of the reticular formation and gray substance of the medulla oblongata. It consists of transverse and longitudinal fibers and also contains important gray nuclei and is subdivided by a median raphe, which, however, does not extend into the basilar part, being
being obliterated by the transverse fibers. The transverse fibers in the lower part of the pons are collected into a distinct strand named the trapezoid body. This consists of fibers which arise from cells of the cochlear nucleus and will be referred to in connection with the cochlear division of the acoustic nerve. In the substance of the trapezoid body is a collection of nerve cells which constitutes the trapezoid nucleus. The longitudinal fibers, which are continuous with those of the medulla oblongata, are mostly collected into two fasciculae on each side. One of these lies between the trapezoid body and the reticular formation and forms the upward prolongation of the lemniscus. The second is situated near the floor of the fourth ventricle and is the medial longitudinal fasciculus. Other longitudinal fibers, more diffusely distributed, arise from the cells of the gray substance of the pons. The rest of the dorsal part of the pons is a continuation upward of the formatio reticularis of the medulla oblongata, and like it, presents the appearance of a network, in the meshes of which are numerous nerve cells. Besides these scattered nerve cells, there are some larger masses of gray substance, that is, the superior olivary nucleus and the nuclei of the trigeminal, abducent, facial and acoustic nerves. 1. The superior olivary nucleus, nucleus olivaris superior, is a small mass of gray substance situated on the dorsal surface of the lateral part of the trapezoid body. Rudimentary in man, but well developed in certain animals, it exhibits the same structure as the inferior olivary nucleus and is situated immediately above it. Some of the fibers of the trapezoid body end by arborizing around the cells of this nucleus, while others arise from these cells. 2. The nuclei of the trigeminal nerve. Nuclei and trigemini. In the pons are two in number, a motor and a sensory. The motor nucleus is situated in the upper part of the pons, close to its posterior surface and along the line of the lateral margin of the fourth ventricle. It is serially homologous with the nucleus ambiguous and the dorsolateral cell group of the anterior column of the spinal cord. The axis cylinder processes of its cells form a portion of the motor root of the trigeminal nerve. The remaining fibers of the motor root of this nerve consist of a fasciculus, which arises from the gray substance of the floor of the cerebral aqueduct, and hence is named the mesencephalic root. It is not altogether clear whether the mesencephalic root is motor or sensory. The sensory nucleus is lateral to the motor one and beneath the superior peduncle. Some of the sensory fibers of the trigeminal nerve end in this nucleus, but the greater number descend, under the name of the spinal tract of the trigeminal nerve, to end in the substantia gelatinosa of Rolando. The roots, motor and sensory, of the trigeminal nerve pass through the substance of the pons and emerge near the upper margin of its anterior surface. 3. The nucleus of the abducent nerve, nucleus N. abducentus, is a circular mass of gray substance situated close to the floor of the fourth ventricle, above the stria medullaris and subjacent to the medial eminence. It lies a little lateral to the ascending part of the facial nerve. The fibers of the abducent nerve pass forward through the entire thickness of the pons on the medial side of the superior olivary nucleus and between the lateral fasciculi of the cerebrospinal fibers and emerge in the furrow between the lower border of the pons and the pyramid of the medulla oblongata. The nucleus of the facial nerve, nucleus N. facialis, is situated deeply in the reticular formation of the pons. On the dorsal aspect of the superior olivary nucleus, 
and the roots of the nerve derived from it pursue a remarkably tortuous course in the substance of the pons. At first, they pass backward and medialward until they reach the rhomboid fossa, close to the median sulcus, where they are collected into a round bundle. This passes upward and forward, producing an elevation, the colliculus facialis, in the rhomboid fossa, and then takes a sharp bend and arches lateralward through the substance of the pons to emerge at its lower border in the interval between the olive and the inferior peduncle of the medulla oblongata. 5. The nucleus of the cochlear nerve consists of a. The lateral cochlear nucleus, corresponding to the tuberculum acousticum on the dorsolateral surface of the inferior peduncle, and b. The ventral or accessory cochlear nucleus, placed between the two divisions of the nerve on the ventral aspect of the inferior peduncle. The nuclei of the vestibular nerve a. The medial, dorsal or chief vestibular nucleus, corresponding to the lower part of the area acoustica in the rhomboid fossa. The caudal end of this nucleus is sometimes termed the descending or spinal vestibular nucleus. B. The lateral or nucleus of Dieters, consisting of large cells and situated in the lateral angle of the rhomboid fossa. The dorsolateral part of this nucleus is sometimes termed the nucleus of Bechteru. The fibers of the vestibular nerve enter the medulla oblongata on the medial side of those of the cochlear and pass between the inferior peduncle and the spinal tract of the trigeminal. They then divide into ascending and descending fibers, the latter end by arborizing around the cells of the medial nucleus, which is situated in the area acoustica of the rhomboid fossa. The ascending fibers either end in the same manner or in the lateral nucleus, which is situated lateral to the area acoustica and farther from the ventricular floor. Some of the axons of the cells of the lateral nucleus, and possibly also the medial nucleus, are continued upward through the inferior peduncle to the roof nuclei of the opposite side of the cerebellum, to which also other fibers of the vestibular root are prolonged without interruption in the nuclei of the medulla oblongata. A second set of fibers from the medial and lateral nuclei and partly in the tegmentum, while the remaining ascend in the medial longitudinal fasciculus to arborize around the cells of the nuclei of the ocular motor nerve. End of section 9.